You're tuned in to the Tin Roof Farm Radio Show, a podcast from Greenville, South Carolina, on all things food, beverage, locally roasted coffee, and craft beer. I'm John Malik, the lesser half of Greenville's best-loved chef couple, John and Amy Malik, and we're broadcasting from our Tin Roof Farm in Piedmont, South Carolina. Thank you for listening, and welcome to the show. Well, welcome to the first episode of the Tin Reform Radio Show for 2019. And in the studio with me today is my wife, Amy. And we decided to take a look back at our 2018 and talk about the best bites of food that we had over the course of the year. And we were lucky uh, this year we had some, uh, took some great trips and the best was uh, easily Mexico. And that was my last assignment as a uh, HuffPost uh, food and travel writer. We spent four nights about an hour and a half south of Cancun on the Playa de Carmen, which is the Yucatan Peninsula. It's the, it's the Western Caribbean. It's in the state of Quintana Roo. Hotel Unico was, uh, and it was actually in the town of uh, Acamal. And we had such a wonderful time. So, Amy, what was your favorite bite of that trip to Mexico? So, when we we were picked up at the airport in Cancun, but we were whisked away, uh, the hotel sent us a um, private car. And when we got into the car, the driver opened up a cooler of right. <laughs> uh, ice waters, aqua fresca, and beers, Mexican beers. And he had these little treats. He had these little tamarind candies. Yeah, my gosh. And he had these little so delicious. Al- almond. Um, like little crunchy almond candies. That was actually our first bite of Mexico. We had octopus ceviche a couple of times. And, right. We had it three um, times, I think. They had a fine dining restaurant at the resort. Siete. And I love octopus. One that I liked the best was at uh, Tulum. Tulum was about, from the hotel, Tulum was about a 45-minute drive south. Um, and where Cancun is all fancy hotels and, and, and cheap tequila. It has this kind of um, uh, loud, obnoxious vibe to it. Uh, Tulum is the exact opposite. If you if you uh, follow uh, the travel industry, if you read any travel blogs or anything like that, Tulum is always uh, uh, is high on the list, and it's gotten a lot of press in the last few years. And it's so cool. It's so funky. What they call the hotel zone is a one that one narrow little street. Um, one side is the jungle, on the other side is the beach. The beach yeah. <laughs> they have all these little huts, yeah. and they have music venues, right, the- right, and little clever little bars and. But there was this one restaurant we'd read about, I think it was maybe in the New York Times, it was called Hartwood. And they were raving about it, and they said, oh, they don't have any refrigeration, so they get all their food daily. They cook everything over wood fires. You dine out in the open. They don't have a, a traditional roof on the building. And so we get to Tulum, we get down to the hotel zone of Tulum, and all the restaurants are like that. Yeah. Nobody had a, nobody had a roof. <laughs> One restaurant we went into, they had dogs in there, and the bar was kind of up underneath a, a couple of palm fronds over it, so when it rained. But the tables were just underneath little rafters, and they had, like, you know, strung up. Yeah, there was ivy growing. There were, they, they had um, a few outdoor lights. 
And it was like you walked in from the street and you basically sat on a deck. There was a um, a brick path that ran down the middle of all these different restaurants. And so on one side there might be a deck and on the deck would be a bar. And then there would be maybe a green roof, some sort of plant life. And then on the other side of that walkway were the kitchens. And when we were at Murmur, they were receiving a uh, a produce delivery. Remember I, when I mentioned something to maybe it was a bartender or something like that. He goes, oh, yeah, nobody has any refrigeration. You have to get... <laughs> yeah, you have to get it daily. You have to get your deliveries daily. So what Heartland was doing was just that everybody had talked about it. Right. But um, the three restaurants, or the, the two restaurants that we went to, of the two that we chose that night, because we went yeah. to two restaurants. Why not? Yeah, the first was Murmur, and and we love Murmur. And the second restaurant we went to was called Chenzolte. And there we had several dishes. We also we had octopus ceviche. Um, we had uh, um, some empanadas. And then we had an avocado mousse. We had paquillo peppers that had been uh, fire roasted and peeled. And they were stuffed with an avocado mousse. And they were served um, on, a, um, on a bed of fresh cheese that had been uh, melted under the broiler. Oh, my gosh. So brilliant. They were just, it was just wonderful. The, and, you know, in the food we had at uh, Unico, at Hotel Unico, was, was wonderful, too. My favorite from the hotel was uh, a dessert we had called queso de bola. And for whatever reason, in that part of Mexico, the they love Edam cheese. And so Chef made a dessert, and it was a foam that he'd made from Edam cheese. That was served over a stewed papaya vanilla and he had uh, vanilla cookie crumbles and vanilla vanilla cookie with it it's probably the most unusual dessert that i've had in many years so, it sounds kind of clunky but it was quite intriguing and we re- I, I really enjoyed it and they served it with a with a, a local liqueur which was called jabantun and jabantun is a is made from anise and the local honey my gosh one of the desserts that cheesecake was served with pearls of Javantune, and that was quite dramatic. And your favorite dish from the hotel was that puff tortilla, but it was the first course, right? It was about a three-inch size puff tortilla, and then it was pork and pork tongue and beef with quail egg with a pickled onion and fire-roasted tomato and chili sauce. But um, what made it was they topped it with a... Um, a little quail egg. So the thing was about three inches in diameter. And the quail egg on top made it look just like a little sombrero on top of it. It was the cutest thing. And it was delicious. Yep, right, yeah. Mexico was wonderful. And um, we hated um, hated to leave. But it was um, you know, quite spectacular. If you get the chance, south of Cancun, uh, any of those resorts along the, um, the Yucatan Peninsula... Look them up and and feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions about that part of Mexico. That was in January. In March, uh, my son and I we took a, a trip to D.C. to go see some uh, some friends. Unfortunately, we had to cut that trip short because of a snowstorm. But we had amazing beignets, and I hate. I'm from New Orleans. I grew up in New Orleans. I've, I've had lots of beignets in New Orleans. They all suck. Every one of them. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the of New Orleans style beignets because they're usually there's just not a whole lot of flavor texture to them, especially the ones from 
from that place down on the on the on the river that everybody goes to. Beignets at Founding Farmers in Washington D.C. were made from pâté choux, which is a French pastry that we both learned how to make by hand with dozens of eggs beaten into it over the over the stove. And it was, and the beignets were flavored with with uh, real vanilla bean and uh, plenty of egg yolks, and then they're um, they're quenelled and then deep fried. Oh my gosh, they were so delicious! Definitely the highlight of our uh, trip to D.C. Next up was Brevard, North Carolina. We were there in June, and we spent a weekend there. We stayed at the Sunset, this quirky little nineteen early early nineteen sixties era uh, motor hotel, small hotel, what maybe twelve rooms, fourteen rooms. Yeah, in Brevard, we we were there for a bike ride. I did a, a WNC Flyer, hundred mile bike ride across uh, uh, three different counties. We had a great weekend. We had a it was a really good weekend. We did we did something really cool, which was we went to uh, since we were going to be up there. I had recently found Killer Bees Honey on Instagram, and it is only accessible through tours. Uh, leapfrog tours out of Waynesville, North Carolina, and it turned out that they only had selected dates when they were doing the tours, and the tours were was were happening on a Saturday morning because John's bicycle event was on Sunday. So I said, "We're going to be there. This is only one of the times. Let's do this tour." Right. So we signed up with Leapfrog Tours for the Killer Bees Honey Tasting, and the tasting is what appealed to me because it was a chance to. For you to do honey pairings, and the beekeeper and his wife, Sean is the beekeeper and his wife is Denise, and they would uh, match the honey with different cheeses and flavors for you, in addition to giving you a tour. So we had an actual private tour because no one else had signed up for the tour that day. So the gentleman met us from Leapfrog Tours in the Walmart at Brevard. We took a 30-minute trip up, way up <laughs> way up into the Pisgah Forest. Sean and Denise's property, their driveway is at about, about a mile straight up. And you have to sign a release before you get into the van that says you are not responsible, you, that you do not hold them responsible. In case for, you get car sick or something like that? <laughs> no, for any... Any wildlife such as oh yeah, if you get eaten by a bear, it's not our bears, fault. Bears, rattlesnakes, bobcats, right, right, uh, what have you, um, that you don't hold them liable. So you're like, yeah, yeah, right, sure. But anyway, so we sign the release, we hop in the van, we drive 30 minutes up, we get to the top of their driveway, and the view is just spectacular. And their house looks out over uh, the the Blue Ridge Mountains and. It, it was a beautiful, gorgeous um, June day. There had been a lot of rain recently. And we had the tastings in their living room. And um, they couldn't have been more hospitable. Yeah, we learned was, so yeah. much. Yeah. But they, How many hives did they have? 50 or 60? Uh, he has about 50, I think. Yeah, and we're new beekeepers, so it, it, he'd, he'd been keeping bees for... I don't know, 25, 30 years or so when he was... He was been keeping bees since he was 11 years old. Right, right. So, um... And, he, and he's what, like 82, 83 now? No. <laughs> Sean, I know you're listening. One of the things about the... Sean was very excited about he was getting ready to go to Italy to be... To do a... The equivalent of a sommelier cast for honey. Um, right. Like people do for wine. He was excited to tell us about... 
The chestnut he, honey. Right. So he had been to Italy, had been to Italy before, and they brought back chestnut honey. And uh, they had samples of the Italian chestnut honey on the tasting plates. But they also, in their um, property, have discovered that they have wild American chestnut honey trees on the property. And the bees have found it. And so they have a very small um, offering of their own American chestnut honey. But that was, some, that was a totally new flavor to us. Mm-hmm. Chestnut, if you've ever had chestnut, it's not one of my favorite flavors, but chestnut is very different. It's kind of musky, I'll say. Yeah, medicinal. Medicinal. So it brings a new flavor profile. We match that with different cheeses. We had a wonderful time getting to know uh, Denise and Sean. Yeah, in Brevard, uh, while we were there, we also had uh, dinner at Magpie, and it's a fairly new restaurant. They're doing some fun stuff with uh, classic southern uh, dishes. Um, yeah, who asked you, Kat? It's a, it's a young staff over there. The solid technique, really good food, uh, right next to a local brewery. Uh, can't can't beat it if you're in Brevard. That's Magpie. And that brings us to July. Uh, in July, we took a trip down to Charleston. So I did my fifth consecutive uh, ride to remember the, uh, for the Alzheimer's Association, big fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Associ- Alzheimer Association, and pedaled across the state of South Carolina. We ended up in, in Charleston. Our first night in Charleston, we had such time at, at a restaurant Nico in Mount Pleasant, and they specialize in oysters. We sat at the chef's counter. At any one time, they might have a dozen different oysters in the shell, and the two cooks behind there, uh, behind the counter, were very helpful and told us all about the, the different oysters. And, oh, my gosh, they were just they were just fabulous. We had oysters from Maine, from, um, from France, from uh, Prince Edward Island, from, um, yeah, from Maryland, from Oregon, Washington State. And, and every one of them were, were just spectacular. What a cool, what a cool restaurant. And the people were so wonderful, too. They kept coming by to check on us. They um, suggested things. We were watching um, them put the desserts out, not next to, but near the garmage that was preparing our oysters for us and the other um, chilled seafood platters. But we watched them putting out the desserts, and we asked them about the desserts. They were were pulling some good-looking food out of the brick oven, too. The desserts, little sorghum cookies with house-made ice cream. Yep. It's a um, creme brulee ice cream, creme brulee flavored ice cream, and they uh, caramelized the sugar and then crum- crumbled it up and put it on top of the ice cream. Very yeah. creative and simple, but good. A perfect finish to a seafood meal. And the next day before we left town, we had lunch at one of our favorite restaurants in the whole world, uh, Leon's Oysters and Chicken. Uh, downtown Charleston on on uh, King Street, and gosh, what a great place! Leon's is so funky. It's in a former body shop, and it still feels like a body shop. Parts of it. When you go in the bathroom, they have the calendars. They have the pinup calendars from like 1950 or something, and they have yeah. uh, different. The uh, all the bathrooms are are unisex. So and you the, go the plumbing is made from pipes. And yeah. <laughs> From auto pipes, yeah, and hoses, yeah. and so they have the the wallpaper as the pinup calendars. It's really yeah, uh, very clever. And then there's a big painting over the the mantel in the main room 
and mm-hmm. yeah. his and it's monogamahide. <laughs> right, right. And I'm sure if you've if you've been to if you've been to Leon's, you've seen that painting. To Leon's, it feels so so quirky and so funky. I'm from New Orleans, and Amy spent a lot of time in New Orleans. It's it's very much, it would be very much at home on Magazine Street. But why Jeez. do we love Leon's? Uh, oh my gosh! Let's see, the, maybe you see a fried oysters. Here. It's the oysters. We love oysters. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I love about Leon's is is they understand hospitality. They have excellent service, just like Nico did. But Leon's has excellent service, even though it's quirky and fun. They don't skimp on the service. First place that we saw Frosé, you know, frozen frozen wine coming out of a coming out of like a margarita machine. Their fried chicken is excellent. The, the oysters are great. The the vegetables are wonderful, and they've got great technique coming out of the kitchen. One of the little side dishes that comes with the sandwiches, whether it's the chicken or the oyster or whatever, I think that's all we've had there, is a little um, pickle cucumber topped with little toasted. Peanuts. It's just something right. very unique, and it's lightly pickled. It's uh, it's quick pickled. <laughs> so when we got when we got back home after that trip, uh, a week later we we pulled our first honey harvest. We wanted to make this podcast about food that anybody else can can readily uh, get, and unfortunately you can't get our honey. But <laughs> we did sell some to Anchorage, and we sold some to uh, Stella's awesome. Brasserie, and that was that was about it. In our yard, so we have three acres here in Piedmont. We have tulip poplar, we have sunflowers, we have lavender, we have uh, uh, a couple tree. butterfly bushes. We have and, peach trees, blueberry bushes, and the, and and the bees. The bees just visited all that stuff multiple times, and the the honey was just. It was so cool to, you know, to watch these little insects work for months at a time, and then to be able to go in there and pull out a couple frames and go, man, you guys made this. It, it was uh, it was quite wonderful. Um, in July, of course, we were harvesting all kind of stuff out of our own garden: tomatoes, tomatillos, peppers, arugula, okra. eggplant, okra, raspberries. Well, raspberries were gone by July, but yeah. um, and the Kennebec potatoes. Yeah, also wonderful. Anyway, on to October. In August, we uh, weekend uh, in Durham, North Carolina. I was on assignment for Town Magazine, and I wrote an article that appeared in the October issue, which we had a great time and stayed in downtown Durham at the Unscripted Hotel. What was your highlight of that weekend to Durham? One of the things, I have a friend, and she said, oh, you should um, go to Roses, Noodles, Dumplings, and Sweets. Right, and I was skeptical when I heard the name of it. (laughs) Right, and it was on Sunday morning we went. It's in an old um, service station, kind of circa 19... 30, 40, I'll say. They really have a lot of technique packed in this little tiny place. One of the dishes we had was a bowl of noodles in a tamarind tomato broth with roasted plum tomatoes, buckwheat noodles, and pork belly. And that was really spectacular. But I think the best thing there, well, I shouldn't say the best, but the most eye-opening thing that we had was the homemade tofu. I've had plenty of tofu. I'm not a fan of tofu. Every darn, doesn't matter where I've had it, it's all been the same miserable, melted Michelin tire texture, the same lack of flavor, the same the same level of disappointment. I've had way too much tofu. So when we were at Rose's, you know, we asked him, what should we not miss? And he goes, oh, the tofu. And I was like, and I was ready to get up and walk out, you know, <laughs> at that point. 
I was already skeptical of a place called Roses, Noodles, and Sweets. <laughs> and so he says, um, no, we make it here, and it's and it's really good. And it was like, what was it, eight bucks, seven, eight dollars, whatever. It's like, all right, we'll try the tofu. And oh my gosh, it was so silky delicious. It was just incredible. They served it with some fresh chopped scallions, olive oil, and some exo sauce. And it and you picked it up with the with the chopsticks, and it was so supple. It just draped over the chopstick. It just melted in your mouth, and it was left with this this clean, wonderful, delicious aftertaste. It was quite heavenly. And so I can understand why if um, if you've ever been to Japan or you love Japanese cuisine and you why you would order tofu hoping to get something like that because it was quite wonderful. I think my other winner from that trip was the hazelnut chocolate croissant at at Loaf Bakery uh, downtown Durham. You know, there's lots of uh, lots of chocolate croissants out there, and they're typically studded with almonds or whatever. Uh, these guys did it one better with the crushed hazelnuts, and it was quite wonderful. November took us to the Highlands Food and Wine Festival in Highlands, North Carolina. What is that, our third trip up there to the to the Food and Wine Festival? Second? Uh, such a great time. If, um, if, if, if you're in need of a weekend getaway in the, in the late fall, highly recommend it. Both times we've been, it's been it's been quite cold. Uh, this year, uh, Greg and Beth McPhee were up there, our friends from the from the Anchorage. And uh, there's a picture. I've, I've got pictures on the uh, on the website of the of the festival, and you'll see Beth is awfully bundled up. <laughs> and we always have great food there. It's a small event. It probably attracts, I don't know, three four hundred people for the weekend, maybe more. Holland's a small town. Uh, almost 4,200 feet of elevation up in the mountains of North Carolina, and it's so and it's so charming and quirky, and we just love it. Did you have a favorite dish from the Food and Wine Festival? Kaylee Laird of Rhubarb in Asheville. Kaylee made a surprising smoked pumpkin chest pie with pumpkin p- caramel, togarishi spiced togarishi spiced dark chocolate, and a shiitake mushroom soil. You hardly tasted. I I actually didn't realize that it was a mushroom soil, but that was just a crumble that was on top of it. But the taste of the pie and the texture were so wonderful on that cold day. It was very. Um, it was a very warm, um, satisfying dish, considering the venue we were outside. And um, I thought all the flavors kind of burst through, were very complimentary of each other. Yeah, and togarishi is just a it's a, a type of pepper, a type of spicy pepper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a that was a great dish, uh, very memorable. Our last trip of the year was actually to Asheville, uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, just went up there and played tourist. But whenever we go to Asheville, we always go to Whole Donuts. It's this little donut shop. All they serve is is uh, donuts, uh, locally roasted coffee, you know, I think uh, some local milk, and that's it. And the, and the donuts have four toppings for the day, and they don't fry the donuts until you order them. They're easily, easily one of the best bites of anything that I think we've had across the globe. The donuts at Whole Donut are unlike any other donut on the planet. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I know why, but I'm not going to tell you why. Now, here in Greenville, over the course of the year, what have we had that we've really enjoyed? One thing that I had that was a surprise of a new restaurant, Pork and Plow, 
on East North Street, and their menu changes because it's farm to table. So um, at that time, I had a fried cash fish with grits and collards, and it was sauced with uh, a squirt of yellow sunshine. And that was such a delicious dish. It was just perfect for that deluge of an evening. It was raining again. Brought a little sunshine mm-hmm. to our day. Yeah, typically you go to a restaurant, you'll, you'll get uh, either a flour mixture or a cornmeal. And this was neither, and yet it was both. I would hazard to guess that there was some maybe some farina in there or maybe some um, powdered evaporated milk or something like that. Gave it an interesting texture. But that, that catfish was sublime, and the, and the coating on it, the fried coating on it was, was uh, wonderful. Speaking of fried things, I had, this summer I had some fried beets for an appetizer at Kitchen Sink on Lawrence Road. Very clever dish. I'm not sure if, um, you know, maybe they saw that somewhere else. doesn't matter. They execute at a very high level at Kitchen Sink. And uh, the beets had been roasted and peeled and then uh, sectioned and then deep fried in like a, um, like a tempura batter and served with a spicy mayonnaise. Oh my gosh, so delicious. And I love beets. What else did we have in Greenville that we really enjoyed? What else have we had in Greenville that we've really enjoyed? The horchata at La, pa- La Cabana on oh, White yeah. Horse Road. Which is, um, which is nothing more than like a... I mean, it's, it's a couple of tables yeah. and uh, an airstream. It's a food trailer. truck. It's a food truck yeah. without the. <laughs> yeah, we drove without the, without the motor. <laughs> we've done this before in Greenville or other places. We drove past and we saw the lights, and it was early evening, and the lights were coming on, and there were a lot of people over there, and we said, "Well, we need to know what yeah. that is. We should stop. <laughs> we yeah. want to be a part of that." Um, she makes the horchata herself, which is a. Mexican rice milk drink, and she makes so it delicious. and chills it. And she, um, they have a, so also have other things that they do themselves there. So, at sixty two forty three White Horse Road, it's in front of a bakery, it's literally just a in the trailer. parking lot. It's, it's a just trailer. a little trailer. It, but they have they have agua frescas. Uh, they had a spicy roasted chicken. Uh, real, real simple uh, Mexican street food, but that the homemade horchata was wonderful. <clears throat> Um, speaking of great drinks, one of my favorites, I don't think I've talked about this before, but Methodical Coffees, the Tres Leche Coffee at Methodical is my favorite cup of coffee in the whole world. Although, I believe it's only made with two milks. Should be called a dos leche, but, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It is just, that is an absolutely perfect cup of coffee. Perfect level of sweetness and, and the coffee notes are, are, are wonderful and, and uh, oh my gosh. I could drink one of those every day. Any, anything else in Greenville? How about the uh, Las Maris Tortas? Las Maris Tortas on the co- on the corner of Blue Ridge Highway and White Horse Road. And that huge parking lot, that that huge uh, former... And it's been there Walmart. for several years. Right. And I think it's on its second owner right now. The sandwiches there are quite, quite wonderful. Yeah, and we started the podcast at the end of the summer... And our first episode featured Christian Hansen of Blue Ridge Creamery, uh, a good friend of ours. He's been at the house several times, and since then, uh, since that first uh, podcast, that was that's I think that's our shortest too. It comes in right at under twenty minutes. Uh, since then, we've had over eight hundred listens. To currently, we have fourteen episodes up. Our goals for the new year are to introduce more chefs, more beer makers, more artisans, more coffee roasters. More of the good stuff to our audience. And if there's somebody you'd like to hear us interview, 
uh, drop us a note via the website, Tin Roof Farm Radio Show. And if you'd like to see photos of today's podcast, so the photos would be um, of the uh, food that we mentioned, the trip to Mexico, Durham, and Asheville, and all parts in between, uh, just go to our website, tinrooffarmradioshow.com, and search for Best Bites 2018. I'm John Malik, the lesser half of the John and Amy Malik chef couple. I help make restaurants successful. Thank you so much for listening. And Happy New Year. If you want to follow the radio show, you can do so on Facebook, Tin Roof Farm Radio Show. Follow my wife, Amy, on Instagram. That's me, at Tin Roof Farm. And I am Chef John Malik on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Thank you so much, and have a blessed and happy New Year. Happy 2019. The Tin Roof Farm Radio Show is a production of Jack Russell Social Media, and our music is all gussied up by John Starcluster. Thank you for listening.